Hey, 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 you guys. Thank y'all so much for being back on Black Canvas. We're still in season nine, and I have an amazing guest here on the show. This is one of my good friends that I've gotten to know. Um, she is an amazing singer, songwriter, worship leader, and stylist. She is currently on tour with Mary J. Blige, and she has worked with the likes of Kanye West, Tamar Braxton, Jennifer Hudson, Christina Aguilera, Tiana Taylor, and countless others. Um, I call her Lizzie, but her name is Elizabeth Odom, and I'm so glad to have her here on the show. Thank you so much, Lizzie, for being here on Black Canvas. <laughs> Thank you for having me. That was a, yeah. <laughs> it's always weird when I when people read out, like, my bio, because I, I feel like I'm still kind of, if I can just be honest, I'm still working on, like, really just diving into all the things that I actually have done. Because that's not even half of the artists that I've worked with. But I just don't, I don't know. Uh, I just live such a laid back life that if I didn't tell people who I worked with, they actually would never know. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. And that's one thing I admire about you and just your life in general. Because you have such a light around you, Lizzie. And when you talk about your experiences and when you share, I feel something when when you're talking, which means that that's something obviously that these artists gravitate to. And that's why they love to have you as for background and just supporting them um, with their music. Yeah, I've always been a great support system, I guess. I love that. So I want to kind of get to the nitty gritty. We're going to kind of talk about a lot of different life and experiences, different things you've gone through, things that we've all experienced and talked about um, that are challenges since COVID-19, which I think is something that I really would like to start with. Because I think for many individuals, especially in the entertainment business, you know, COVID-19 really kind of reshaped a lot of people's careers. And do you mind kind of sharing how were you affected emotionally by COVID and then how did it affect you as a artist? I'm still greatly affected by the pandemic, if I can be honest about it. Um, just because I, right before the pandemic, I made a huge life decision to um, say yes to my now husband in 2019. And in saying yes to him, I also said yes to choosing him and moving to where he lived um, versus him moving to where I lived at the time. I lived in Los Angeles and for about 10 years. And um, I, I just, I think around that time, I, I just was ready for change. So I really felt like it was God's timing because I, I had no idea that the pandemic was coming, you know? So it, it prepared me, but it didn't prepare me. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> But that's a great way of saying it. Like it's, it's like we have to sometimes go by where we're being led, and sometimes that spiritual groundwork that we set within ourselves emotionally before we connect with others, it helps you to get to yeah. that place where when you do, when you're living under the same household as someone else, is a lot different than when you're getting to know someone just in a courting period. But when you're actually living with someone experience in their life their challenges things they've gone through you guys are, are really all you have in those moments and I feel like you know COVID really showed you who you were and yeah. what you were made of to be honest 
Ooh, you said it. You hit the nail right on, like you hit the nail, like on right, right where I was thinking. Cause I guess there's things about myself. I didn't really know because when you're so busy and, and, you know, quote unquote productive with life and things that are happening, you don't realize how much neglect is really taking place with self, you know, because you're taking care of not only, um, you know, bills and life, but you, you know, you got family and you got other people who kind of depend on you. Um, because at one point I was considered the breadwinner in my family, you know, so I would help different family members, you know, financially and all those things. So when the pandemic happened, uh, I mean, everything shut down, like nobody's touring, nobody's traveling. You're just confined to the four walls of your house or wherever, you know, home is. So, and that can be yeah. nerve wracking, especially like you said, being a breadwinner, that people can have an expectation of this is what life has I've become accustomed to. And when things suddenly shift, um, it definitely can change our purview and, and where we're going and how we, we move about in our next ventures. I, I can definitely speak for myself on that. Um, during the pandemic, it was very difficult for me. Um, at that time, I thought I had COVID when it first started, and I got really sick for five days, and I couldn't breathe, and mm. I went and did the test, and everything came back negative, and I just lost one of my classmates who had just died of COVID, and it was the most heart-wrenching thing for me because, you know, I was asked to help create a picture, um, and so I created, like, these, these, like, a montage of pictures. And so just looking through pictures and knowing this is someone I knew years ago and, and just knowing how difficult it was to just look at that person's face and know I'm never going to hear her again. Or these are things that have happened. It really shifted me. And then being a counselor, like mm-hmm. I'm here I am trying to help motivate and inspire others. And I was going through my own challenge at the same time, but I was very blessed to have other coworkers and can talk to other licensed professionals about my concerns. And so I was able to get it off of my chest, but it was almost like that survivor's guilt. I was like, I'm here and this person is thriving and doing such great things. And suddenly they're gone, you know? And they didn't make it. Yeah, it's, it's a little triggering talking about it just because it's like, it wasn't that long ago, you know? And um, yeah, um, I too have lost a few people Um during the pandemic and what really hurt was not being able to go to their funeral, you know, like hearing, hearing people pass away. And then they, this was in the thick of it. So nobody could really like leave home. That was rough. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yes. It, it was, it was terrible. I, I will, I will say, cause I had to see it actually through zoom. And so I think the hardest part, and I'm I'm going to definitely move on because I know it's a triggering thing for me to a certain point, but I just remember seeing, you know, her mom, you know, <laughs> and just watching that video. And I actually had to turn it off after seeing how her mom reacted. It was just too much for me to take in at that yeah. moment. I was at work and I was trying to, you know, my 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 boss was so amazing at the time. She said, hey, if you need time to, to sit and watch it. And I, I told her, I said, I have to change change the channel in my mind like I had to do something different 
because I knew that I was like, I, there's no way I'm be able to finish work today because I'm gonna be a, a sobbing mess. And so <laughs> I just said, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna pay it forward. And so that was my way, like when my grandfather passed 20 years ago, um, and it's been something I have done near the anniversary of his death. I try to reach out and meet new people, tell his story, um, either feed the homeless, volunteer, do something that I know if he was here, he would do. And so it yeah. helps me to feel connected, but it also helps me to distract myself and remind myself, hey, you know what? There's someone else out there who may have needed to have someone just sit with them. And so that's always a way for me to get give back and also to remind myself for where I could be or, or even remind myself of some of the negative places I've gone in my own mind and how did I dig myself up? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And you said, you know, I guess there is healthy distraction, you know, um, you just got to pace it because I, I still allow myself to fail because we're human. You know, you don't want to be so desensitized from pain that you don't allow yourself to feel the effects of what, you know, happened. You know, I think give yourself the grace to to feel it. But then if you know that it's, you know, taking you to a dark place, just kind of, you know, OK, you got to, you know, still got to kind of coach yourself like, OK. Get out of that space. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, Lizzie, that's where it goes back to like, I do emotional check-ins with myself and I will even scale it. Like what I do with clients, I'll say scale it from zero to 10 to know where I'm at with it. But then also just being aware that I do have power in my own hands to work through it. And it's okay to 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 move through this. And, and grief, <clears throat> I always tell people, it's not about, when, when you're going through grief that you won't experience that pain, it can still endure. But I always like to relate it to luggage. And if you think about luggage, you get to choose what, how many packs of luggage or, or suitcases you're going to take with you. And you also get to choose when do you open it and to whom you allow to see mm-hmm. what is open and, and how you choose to unpack it. Yep, it's called the power of yes. choice. <laughs> Yes. And speaking of choice, I want to kind of go into a different area when it goes to just your music. So I know being like an indie artist and having the freedom to make decisions for yourself. And I know management, your husband helps you as it relates to a lot of those aspects with your music. Um, What is the difference, would you say, for like people who are, you know, bound by contracts, maybe with big industries? Um, Let's use an example, like a big... um, uh, I use Interscope as an example or Bad Boy Records, these kind of different ones that are out there. When someone signs to an agency versus being independent, mm-hmm. what's some of the pros and cons would you say between the two? The pros with getting signed to an actual label versus being indie is you have somewhat of a financial backing and somewhat um, art, somewhat of like a artist development. And, and I know we're in 23, we're now, you know, this day and age, people are, they, you know, people are going indie and people are doing their own thing. I don't even think that labels are the same way it used to be like the early 2000s and the 90s and the 80s, like before where they would sign someone and they, they, they had so much, you know, they had such a backing where, they didn't only develop their artists, but they had like, you know, they had a certain budget for 
for, um, you know, for studio time, for being creative and having a whole team, like, you know, um, having producers and writers, like some, you know, and, and on the other side of it, the, um, if you're not signed, it's, you're literally doing it all by yourself. You know, I mean, you can build your own team, which that's actually what I'm doing right now. I'm, I'm building a team. And even that is kind of challenging because it's, it's hard to trust people, you know? And nowadays people are kind of in it to win it for themselves. And, you know, the, the intent isn't always there to see you win. It's more so for them to get a one up so that they can, you know, eventually branch out. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's just a little difficult though. 100%. I think there's a way of navigating where you don't leave casualties. I, I, I do believe that it's okay to find things, avenues that work for you, but you shouldn't leave people feeling like they were used or mistreated on your way to the top. And I, and one thing I would say, especially um, in this career, you know, I'm so grateful that as a counselor, my main focus are my clients. And so with the podcasting, I just do it for fun. Like I don't make any money off of it. It's just fun. I enjoy helping to spread awareness of new artists and entrepreneurs and allowing people to share their own story in their own words and give them the floor. So for me, this is like, this isn't my quote unquote yeah. career, but if it was, I would still be the same person I was before I started and when I end the show, like I don't want to change who I am just to reach a certain pinnacle. <laughs> you're, you're a gem. Well, but that makes me want to ask you a question. Sure. Because you said something that I always kind of struggle with. Um, mm-hmm. Change. You said something about not changing, right? Yes, I, yes, I don't want to change myself um, yet to reach a certain pinnacle of success, yes. Right. So for so long, I feel like that's the mentality that I had until recently. I, I, I figured that, and this is not in a negative way, this is more so just a self-evaluation and, or self-discovery, I guess. For so long, I've stayed true to who I believe I am. But as I'm starting to learn and unlearn some things about myself that are probably not healthy, I realize there's some things about myself that I actually need to change to get different results, if that makes sense. I love how you said that, Lizzie. I think that's a great point as well. And I'm glad you asked that question because it helps me to kind of elaborate more on that. I guess... A lot of my issues, and I, I can own up to it, and I've been very open and honest about that, but going through traumatic situations as a kid and going through abuse and being talked down to and and just feeling as though that your voice didn't matter, that I had a lot of anxiety. So I had a lot of social anxiety. I would, I would get so nervous. I remember, and this is a story mm-hmm. I've never said on this podcast, but I don't mind sharing it now. But I told my mom, um, we talked about it actually a few weeks ago. And I said, I remember when I was in fifth grade, I'll never forget. I had a teacher in fifth grade and he wasn't a bad person, but he was just, you can tell he was having a rough day. And I'll never forget. He had told all of the students that we cannot get up, do not get out of your seat. And if any of us got out of our seats, 
he was going to like almost do like a bear hug, like because I've seen him do it before to other students, like to make sure. That he, yeah, like so you couldn't get up. But he was definitely a, a very <laughs> forceful person. And he was his stature and how big he was. Everyone was afraid to a certain extent. So I went in completely into a fear response because he didn't know I was being abused as a kid. Mm. He didn't know what was going on. So when when that happened in the past, I would immediately hide or get away from wow. it. And so I'll never forget, I had to use the restroom really bad. I was like, really, really, I had to go, I had to go. I was like, I need to go. And yeah. I remember looking at him and the way he looked and I was so afraid to go till I ended up using it on myself, actually. And I'll never forget like going to the car and just feeling horrible and oh, getting in the car. Gosh. My mom like, what's going on? And then I just broke down and started crying and I couldn't explain to her what happened. So then, you know, that's a, a big fear of, hey, if I explained this, my mom wouldn't hurt me. But, you know, I didn't want her to react and say something. And I had to leave the school and I just started. This is the first time I was at a new school. So it was a lot of challenges that was going on and no one knew. And so my mom and I actually talked about it a few weeks ago. And I was like, you remember this moment? And I told her the whole story. And I was like, yeah, I was just really, she had no idea, no idea. She didn't so, know? Yeah, because it was, it was a, it was a uh, fear, you know, that if you share this story, you know, what does that look like? Or if you don't share this story, you know, then that's a, that's a part of your life that deals a lot with anxiety. And so I was able to tell her more about like, you know, when I get anxious about this or get anxious about that, you know, I remember this was one of the beginning stages of it. Didn't mean this was the actual thing that, you know, exacerbated the anxiety, but it didn't help any of it in that moment. And so I just, I, it just came to me. It was like a vivid memory of it. And I was like, you know what, I want to talk about this. And so this is the first time I'm bringing it up on the show, but I think that I don't have any fear of talking about it today because it's a part of my story, but I did change, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But I changed and I, I got a lot firmer and people, you know, would take me a different way. Like, and I've gotten this a lot of times and I don't like this statement when someone says, oh, you're angry or you're this. I'm like, no, I'm very assertive and I stand my ground and I orate and I, I can use my verbiage to explain myself. And just because you're not used to hearing it from an African-American person who shares their story in a way that you're not used to feeling it or experiencing it does not mean it's wrong. And I've had women and men say it. It's it's, it's the weirdest thing and of my own race as well as of other races. And it's, it's very frustrating when someone who doesn't know you immediately tells you who you are and they think that it's okay. I'm like, we're, I'm in a helping profession. You're in the same profession and you're going to tell me who I am. So I, I immediately use that as a way, a teaching lesson for that person and the people that I've experienced it with. And that, that individual person knows who they may be listening. And yeah. if they do, they already know what I said. And I meant mm-hmm. what I said. <laughs> and I was very clear on, you know, hey, this is how I felt. And it's not okay for anyone to talk to me in that way. And I explained why I said, because as an African-American person, I am six foot two. I am 200, maybe 80 some pounds. You know, I'm muscular. When I walk into a room, you know, some people may feel intimidated because they're not used to what they think I am or who I should be. And so when I, you know, stand up for myself or speak up and say things, 
you know, immediately people go into, oh, this is what he meant, or this is how I experienced it, without really giving me an opportunity to explain or share what my true feelings or intention was. And so I, I love that about who I am today is the old me would have been like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm just going to let unfair. this person walk over me and I'm not going to say anything. The new me is, hey, I have a right to speak up. I have a right to share my story. And, you know, I also, I, I can learn from it. Listen, so I guess I can relate because from one ex pushover to another, <laughs> I'll tell you that child, that childhood piece is, I, I just never knew nothing. I, I just didn't realize how, greatly my adulthood would be affected by the things that I experienced as a child and I don't know what it well I, I do know now um being first gen my both of my parents are from Africa and I am first gen you know to graduate from um you know I, I did two years of college but I, I you know I finished high school and everything um I went to I went to college for two years. Um, I majored in music, of course, um, but it was like a community college, and I was like so over school at that time. Like when it hit, when college hit, I was so over school, just because of my experience. Like, whew, it, it it it's a lot, and I am grateful that I'm in a place now where I trust myself enough to unpack some of the things that I experienced that I was never, I was never really afforded to express when I was younger. And so things that happened to me as a kid that my mom didn't even know, she, she just recently found out about too. So I relate to you when you said that, you know, you just, your mom didn't know. And I can only imagine as a parent and I'm not a parent yet. Like I would want my children to come to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I just, I would want my kids to feel comfortable to come to me about things that they're dealing with or experiencing, you know, that I might not be privy to. Um, because if you don't create those safe spaces for your children, somebody else will, and it might not be the safest, but everyone needs an outlet. 100%. And I think that's the hardest thing is um, a lot of people don't know this, but you know, my mom has been struggling recently with her memory. And so there's been a lot of challenges that we've been facing over the last couple of months. So a lot of my friends, I guess they're wondering like, why haven't I not been calling or reaching out? Because it's, it's an emotional journey. I mean, she's done the best she can. We're, we're trying to stay ahead of it the best we can on our end. But, you know, when you see things happen yeah. and I've seen it happen with my grandmother, my great grandmother, you know, and a lot of other family members who've experienced challenges that are similar, you know, you don't want to see this. So I do the best I can to navigate this. And I'm very aware of what I can do within my control. But, you know, I have a very strong faith. And I know that, you know, from my belief system, God can change and do anything. And mm -hmm. I will allow him to do what needs to be done. And I can't change that or fixate on something that I can't control. But yeah, it is definitely, it's hard, you know, when you're witnessing, you yeah. know, someone, you know, who's struggling and trying to, to keep pushing and keep going. So I spend a lot of time with her um, when I'm not working and I try to check in and do stuff because ultimately I don't want to live with any regrets on my end. 
but I also want to know I've done all that I could do within my control. And so for, yeah. for me, that is, you know, rewarding in and of itself. That's to say the show, if I had yeah. to quit my job, my show, anything, I'll do it in a heartbeat. I wouldn't even think about it if I knew I had to take care of whatever responsibilities that needed to be done. But I also remember I have to, we all are human and we have those those moments where we, we, yeah. we need a break. I, I had a really rough Thanksgiving. It was an emotional moment because my mom never cries in front of me. And that was one of the first times she cried about something she couldn't find and got frustrated about. And I was just, I mean, anyone who knows me knows, oh, that's not Jerry to call, you know, and say this to any other, but I got through it. And I'm very grateful that I had that moment because I hadn't had a moment like that in a while where I was like, oh, I really let go. But I had some really great supportive people around me, coworkers included, who really supported me in that moment. And so I was able to to smile after the cry and be able to appreciate people reaching out and really caring and supporting me through one of the roughest, you know, days of my life and in a long time. So it was a really great moment. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I appreciate that, Lizzie. Like I said, we we just we're all taking it one day at a time. That's that's literally sometimes one second at a time. <laughs> Listen, the way that I re- so I mean it's self-diagnosed, but I really think that I have ADHD because there's so many things that I have that uh, there's so many things that I want to do and get done, and then when I feel like I haven't done it, I'm like so hard on myself, especially because of the pandemic. Like it just ugh, I feel like it's ugh. Having to break out of those old cycles, you know, it's, it's difficult. It is. And I think that's when you just remind yourself of all the hard work. Um, I like to keep um, what I've done. I've done vision boards, which I think are very helpful. But I, I also create what's called, it's yeah. called a VACI. And it's a vital absorbing creative interest. And so what you do with the list, um, you write down, mm-hmm the things that you want to do. So let's say I'm going to go to the library later this week. I'm going to go to the movies. And then I like to do a smart goal to be very specific. So if I'm going to the movies, I'll write down the city, the street, the time, like have all the information written out. And then I will scale it from zero to 10 before I do the activity. Like how am I feeling it's going to go? So maybe like a seven. And then after the movie, I'm like, oh, it's an eight or nine. And then I write comments about specifically the entire experience. So for me, it keeps me focused. It reminds me of, you know, how much time it took for me to do this and that I can make time to have fun. I can make time to do things that are important to me, but also that my goals can be revised. Let's say that I I couldn't make it for something on the right time, you know, or maybe I have to reschedule it. That's okay. You know, I have to give myself grace the same way I give other people the same grace as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that might be something absolutely. to try. I would love for you to maybe do that um, with yeah. your husband. Just kind of write down some ideas, even throw it in like a hat or something. And then y'all can just kind of choose like what are some things you, you want to do next month? And then it can be a surprise of whatever's pulled. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we just did that like two two days ago. We, we sat down together because we're so this year we've been more intentional about um, having um, taking vacations, even if they're sh- staycations, we've done we've already done three trips this year, which is pretty good, right? That's great. 
and they were short, but they were sweet. And it was just a little time to kind of have a refresh and just get away from our, our norm. And I think, I just think that's necessary. And actually I'm trying to, um, I've never, I'm 34 and I've never been on a girl's trip. So me and some friends of mine were trying to put together like a short girl's trip, you know, just trying to be more social. (laughs) I love that. I think that's, that's a great thing to do because in relationships, you need to have time for yourself. And then also just time that y'all can kind of set aside, like you said, to do staycations and do stuff that are fun. That way you can say, Hey, these are memories that we can always go back to and remind ourselves, Hey, that was fun. And we just decided to do this. And it was a great experience for both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like looking forward to the next trip. Um, just being more intentional about that, you know, and just really living in the moment because man, there's so many moments that I wish that I just really lived in that moment and not, you know, and be present with myself. You know, I'm still learning and I think it's always going to be a daily practice. So, yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm here for you. If you need some ideas of places, I would definitely give you some places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so speaking of living in the moment, Lizzie, I'm going to kind of talk about a few, two different things. The first thing is I actually found Lizzie on Instagram and you had posted this video of you singing. First of all, your voice is amazing. I mean, it's, I love to hear you sing. And you remind me of someone who I interviewed on the show as well, Keisha Renee, who I love. She's such a great human being. Um, and I yeah, that's my girl. Love her. Say that again, Lizzie. Yeah, that's my girl. I love her. Yes. And she's such a genuine person. You guys, if y'all have not heard of Keisha Renee, you must live under a rock because this girl has done a lot of great things in the industry. And she's yeah. a great human being. So I, when I heard you sing, I was like, oh, if you're anything like Keisha Renee, I definitely want you on the show. And you have definitely lived up to not only what I dreamed of when I heard you sing, but I'm like, hey, this is someone who needs, has a story that needs to be told. And so I'm just so glad that you agreed to do the show. But I do want to kind of talk about another thing. You've been singing with Mary J. Blige, who I'm a huge fan of. What is that experience like (laughs) oh man i've been um rocking with miss miss blash um since 2015 and um i remember the first tour that i did with her i was nervous out of my mind because she's the first like mainstream artist that i toured with because i've done other tours but they're like smaller on a smaller scale um but Mary was like the first mainstream artist that I toured with and then sang this long for. Um, she is super, super sweet. She real. She is real as a First of all, she, hello, she's, you know, New York's finest. So <laughs> there's that, you know, but, but honestly, if you, if, a lot of people don't know this, but she's, she's actually really shy. I would have never picked that up about her at all. She is. I mean, she's comfortable around her people, but like she comes off really shy. Wow. In certain settings, I guess. If she's comfortable, she's comfortable, you know. But like she she's 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 like on the shy side. Man. 
Well, I mean, that's good news. That's the tidbit that I would have never would have thought about Mary at all. But one thing I always, <laughs> every time I think of Mary J. Blige, go back to that time when she and Whitney was performing and, and Whitney introduced, she's like, Mary J. Blige? And I just always remember that moment <laughs> of Whitney. It was just, it always makes me laugh. My yeah. brother and I, we always used to just laugh at that part because I just love their relationship. Whitney, of course, one of the best voices of all time. Oh my God, that's I mean, right there. you could listen to Whitney. Anyone who doesn't like Whitney's voice, I mean, come on. I mean, you give good love, the greatest love of all. I have nothing. I mean, we could just go through hundreds of either songs she's performed or covers she's done. I mean, she's she's still mm-hmm. inspiring people, even up to this day, of just people who are trying to emulate or be very similar to that voice. But I mean, she was the voice for the reason, for a great reason. Yeah. Yeah, she's on. Oh, I just dropped something. Um, she was on. Um, recently, let me see. Was it? Was that Rolling Stone that just kind of named the hundred greatest singers of all? Is it two hundred? Yeah, it was something. I think is that the one. Now, tell me if I'm incorrect. Um, because I remember hearing something. I saw an interview. I think was it Shaka Khan did an interview or something, and she was talking about the singers or something. Because there were people on yeah, the list. Yeah, she was coming for that she, I guess she didn't deem the greatest. That was probably like, she's on the list, but she's like, <laughs> she's not in the top 10 or 20. And I'm I'm not going to come for Shaka Khan because I only have coming for me. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I thought the people on the list, if I remember, I know Whitney was up there. I, um, Aretha Franklin. Whitney, yeah, Aretha's number one. Was Aretha up there too, I believe? Aretha's number one. Oh, Aretha was number one. Okay. Whitney's the second greatest. Gotcha. And they had a male singer up there. I can't remember. I remember hearing about the interview. There was somebody up there. I can't remember who it was. I'll have to go hmm. back and, and find the list. But I remember seeing like someone that posted on Instagram and they had like a clip of it. And then Shaka was like very upset and she had made some comments. I'm not going to discuss those comments, but I just thought, I'm like, come on, like everyone has their own belief system and this is, you know, how they voted or ranked it. And, you know, I think everyone is talented in their own right. And I feel like. I'm like, Shaka, but you're, but you're on the list, bitch. Right. <laughs> but you know, mind you, Shade, Shade wasn't on the list at all. Shade wasn't on the list. No. Are you kidding me? I love Sade. No, was it Sade? No, no, no. Celine Dion. Celine Dion wasn't on the list. Wow. Out of 200. Make it make sense. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, and I'm not going to try to make it make sense, because I love Celine, too. <laughs> I was just... One of my... Well, I just, I don't know who's, like, on that... Who's on the board of, you know, choosing <laughs> who the greatest and least of the greatest... <laughs> <laughs> we need to boycott that list because I'm telling you, Celine oh, Dion. Did. I think I think people, some people did like like go up to the office, like they were boycotting, like because people felt a way about uh, Celine not being on that list. I mean, I feel a way about it now that I heard about it. But my favorite yeah. Celine Dion song is actually a newer one that she did, which is called Courage. Oh, oh you it. need to hear it. She did it for her late husband, Renee. And I always talk to people about this song because oh, I just love Celine. And 
the lyrics to it, I mean, I have a lot of it memorized in my head, but it's just, it's an emotional song. And when you hear it, you're like, wow, I, I know why you like this song, but it's a great song. And I used it as motivation in groups. I would have people to identify, you know, the importance of having courage to persevere when you have like self-doubt and when you're not believing in yourself. It's a great self-empowerment song to kind of find, you know, yourself through the, through the pain. Yeah. It, 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 and, and her courage just to even keep doing music after, after that. Cause I knew her and her husband were really close. Like they were, I know. And then I think she lost her brother after that too. Right. I believe so. Now that I'm not sure, but I, I believe her brother passed as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And just as it's always, it's always really admirable to see, um, first of all, celebrities are human. And I think people forget that. <laughs> it's like, yo, they go through real life stuff. Just because they're popular and got money doesn't mean that they're exempt from feeling pain and going through things, you know? I think that's why music is such a huge outlet for, or even actors, you know, some people use their, you know, their acting to channel in some of that, you know, real life pain. And that's why they're able to be really good actors. 100%. And it reminds me, speaking of acting, Mary J. Blige was on one of my favorite shows, um, How to Get Away with Murder, when she was alongside Viola Davis. And I was, yeah, she was I great. That. Like she, Mary is just great at, at everything, to be honest. I mean, I love Mary. I think that she has such a great career. And she's a pioneer. Like she really helped to do the more hip hop, R&B type music that we hear now that a lot of people sampling and trying to emulate, but she was an innovator. Oh yeah. Yeah. And honestly, even before Aaliyah, you know, Mary was wearing them baggy clothes, you know what I'm saying? Before, before TLC, you know, it, it was Mary. People really don't give her her flowers in that department as being like a transsetter, like with her, her image. And well, I do what I do appreciate about social media is the comment section has become like the staple place to get all your, you know, information from, but some, there was somebody the other day that was saying, um, what did they say? This isn't about, uh, put some respect on, on, on Mary. She ain't new to this. You know, like it's, she's been around since I was what? I was this this I'm I'm what? I'm 34, so I was born in 89. She came out in 91. Wow. Like who knew that, you know, I would get an opportunity like I've been blessed to, you know, have. Um it's been it's been great being in the background because you know, not only are you getting to experience great stuff, but you see everything. You know, I was there when she was going through um, you know, her, her divorce and, you know, mm-hmm. some of the things that she had to do with management, you know, like, and just seeing the way that she carried herself with so much grace and just really not giving up, you know, some stuff that the next person would have been like, oh yeah, I'm done. I'm tired of this. Like, but just to see her flourishing now she has her star in hollywood and you know she got to perform at the super bowl you know what i'm saying and that won an emmy or was that an emmy that they won they won something they I'm won something sure. for the super bowl performance 
that was a great performance now. I mean, and I love when, when they had the videos when Mary did that scream and like fell backwards. I was like, go ahead, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Only she can do that, you know? <laughs> she always was very, very expressive. And I think it's like, and she said this before, like it's a swagger. It's not like, like people be like, well, Mary can't dance. Uh, yes, she can. First of all, it's a swagger. Like it's not really like she's trying to do like a, choreography it's just it's just her you know yep. and people you know people can laugh at it but it's like no it's it's it she's doing something right because she you know she's she's on top of her game she just released her book this year you know and she's doing her thing she's killing it in the acting world she still does music she's you know good morning gorgeous did so well we just got back yes. to the morning gorgeous um tour that was really really fun um LMA and um Queen Niger and it was it was really fun. Um it was the first tour since the pandemic and she sold out a lot of those shows. Like she still shows the sells out, you know. Um and it's just she's still doing her thing. So I'm just grateful to be a little part of, you know, of her legacy and yeah. I love it. And she's helping you build your own legacy as well, Lizzie, because this is going to give you so much, you know, strength and courage to keep pushing forward yourself and your solo career. So speaking of that, um, tell me about your relationship with your husband and how he's really helped support you in this musical journey. And if you don't mind giving a quick kind of background about him in the industry and things he's been able to accomplish as well. <laughs> Lawrence Fonzo Odom, my husband, my baby, my best friend. <laughs> my headache my my joy <laughs> no um we we met back in 2014 at the BET awards my husband used to work for BET network so he's worked on 106 and park and he also works um in production for the BET awards and stuff so he helped with the award shows and stuff like that he's also worked in radio um he's done it all he's worked in radio film and television so um but he he works in production and he does you know different things and he wears he wore different hats um when he worked for those entities but he has since then started his own production company where he does um he does events um on a big scale on a small scale he he does he as small as like birthday parties and weddings he also does you know television and um he just corporate corporate parties and all those things like he's designed so he literally this man labors okay like labors with his hands and I I'm grateful that I'm even able to help him you know as much as he's been such a great help with me so he's 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 become my default uh, manager until I can get one <laughs> and he's been such a great supporter of me and He's honestly the reason why I even still do music, honestly, because during the pandemic, I was just going through some personal things that was really discouraging me when it came to singing, you know? I do know. I, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, for some people, music is like their escape and their outlet. But for me, I felt like music was all, was the only thing that, made me feel valuable and I felt like that was a problem so I had to really go and find myself outside of music so that I can really appreciate it <laughs> if that makes sense 
it makes a hundred percent sense for me because I feel like, you know, the pandemic, like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the episode, it really showed us how strong we were, how resilient we could be to fight through challenges. But then it also, it gave us a lot of a, like a window into things that maybe we didn't know about ourselves. Um, one thing people fail to realize, and I always like to bring this up when it comes to mental health, um, a lot of people don't understand how suicide, the thoughts of it and attempts, how that increased during the pandemic. Also just um, people going through depression and anxiety and being diagnosed, um, seeing counselors increase, um, maybe people who have struggled with substance abuse. There was a big influx in that around the world. And then it, another major key that people fail to realize, what if you were dealing with domestic abuse and you're living in a household with the abuse and you can't get away? I mean, there were so many other things people kind of forgot about or for a child only would eat food at, at school and struggled with having food at home and how much of a challenge that was or someone struggled with um, anxiety of talking to people and socializing. So many things people forget. Yeah. Yeah. It's so many different layers. It's, uh, it, it, I'm, I think I'm still in it. And that's why I'm kind of like struggling to even get those words out. Cause I'm like, I'm still, I'm still taking it one day at a time. I'm still on this healing journey. Um, because I didn't realize how messed up I was, you know, I didn't realize how negligent I have been with my mental health, you know, and making sure that I'm okay outside of what I do for others. And that's been a real wake up call, you know, and just being really gracious to myself and not being so hard on myself when I make mistakes or when I don't do, you know, if I don't complete a task, like not being so hard on myself, you know, giving myself the grace and space to do that. So I love that. Uh, Lizzie, that could be a song for you as well. Space and grace. (laughs) 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 Because I think that's a great component of it. Like you said, giving yourself grace is important, but also the space to allow that to flourish. I feel that we we forget when when we're saying give ourselves grace or give ourselves the opportunity to do things that it takes up a lot of room in our mind, our body, our spirit, like a lot of components of of ourselves are wrapped into either things we do for others, things that others have done for us or we choose not to allow others to do and how that affects us as we continue to grow as human beings because we're meant to be around others to a certain extent but there's so many, you know, constructs to that and so many different belief systems around what does it mean to be around someone? What does it mean to connect with others? Because there's there's different outlets. And so for me, you know, texting someone, yeah, that that is a connection in itself, but it can be read the wrong way. It can be maybe someone is not understanding clearly and I need to to discuss it with them on a different level, either through Zoom or through a telephone. Ooh, that's another conversation. That text messaging thing has gotten us oh, yeah. <laughs> in translation and you know, you can't really hear someone's heart or know their intent when they're texting you stuff, you know? Yes. 100%. I think that's why Liz, for me, I like to talk to people to kind of clarify things because I can't tell you how many times I've emailed someone even for the show and I'm like, this is really what I was meaning because you, you just really don't know because no one really knows you. 
So it's about building a genuine connection. And for some people, the first time I talk to them, it's actually a second before we start the show. So it can be very scary, you know, talking to some amazing people for the first time. I'll tell you, one of my favorites was um, Les Trent from Inside Edition. And everyone has heard me talk about him many times because he's someone who I looked up to as a kid. And so I'll never forget, like, the first time we talked was actually on the interview. He was like, hey, Jerry. I'm like, oh, oh my God, Les Trent just called my name out this school. (laughs) And... It was such a great moment, but we did not rehearse anything. It wasn't anything discussed. He didn't have any questions ahead. He was the consummate professional, but he's like, hey, you know what? We're just going to just go with it. And we did we wing it. It was fun. I, we talked about food, just which is my it. favorite thing to talk about. And so <laughs> it was just, it was great. That that's my that's that's my uh, that's another that's another love of mine. By the way, like I love to talk about not just talk about food, but I love to eat. Like, at, if I wasn't gonna be a singer, I wanted to be a chef because I lo- I enjoy cooking. Oh, I love to hear that. So, Liz, I'm gonna put you on the spot right now. Okay. All right. So, what is your if we had like a mandatory ingredient when you're making your favorite dish? What is something that you always have to make sure when you're calling on the ancestors to make this meal? What is it that you have to have in, you can choose if it's an entree, a dessert, whatever you want to choose. What's like one main thing you cannot go without? Hmm. I'm African, so I like to cook a lot of African dishes and it's become recently popular on social media, but a goosey soup, have you ever heard of it? I hadn't heard it. Oh my God. It's um, it's like a stew, and it's if you were to like make it's almost equivalent to how you make a gumbo because you know you have your soup and then you put your protein like your meats and stuff. That's the easiest way to explain it, and then you can eat it with fufu. Have you heard of fufu? I've heard of that. Yes, and I I love I make really good fufu. Like if my husband was here, he would tell you he'd be like, oh yeah, I wasn't. He said I didn't always have a stomach when when, when I was you know. Once I got with my wife, she, you know, I got a stomach now. <laughs> that's all I was picking African food for him to eat, you know. I love that. Yeah, well, you know, me being from New Orleans, I just love all types of Cajun cuisine. I'm a huge person when it comes to desserts. So that's something I like to do. I like to bake, which is something that most people don't know. But I, I like to cook too, but baking, uh-huh. I feel like you have to be so precise. And you have to make sure you're doing everything the right way or you're going to mess it up. But yeah, I make these cookies that are so good and they have butterscotch in it. They have coconut in it and pecans. And some people call it pecans. I call it pecans. I'd be switching up. I ain't gonna lie. Sometimes I say pecans or pecans. Like, I don't know. It is what it is. It tastes good going down. I don't care. Potato, potato. <laughs> but I'm going to send you the recipe today. So I'll text it to you later on because I want you to make these cookies and you Ooh. tell me if you like them. But yeah, one day um, I was at work. I was working in the hospital and they were doing this baking contest and I hadn't really baked anything like for real. I'm like, yeah, I'm just playing around and bake stuff at home. And so they were like... 
there was a competition and I was like, I'm going to win this. <laughs> so I got very competitive and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just go sit in here and play around with these ingredients and see if it works. And my cookie won for the most delicious cookie. Oh, I was period. like, exclamation <laughs> point. The period wasn't even there. <laughs> It just kept going. Man, I was like, well, I like this. It tastes like uh, Almond Joy almost. It's very similar to that. I like Almond Joy because I like coconut. I like, I like, um, I actually used to really, really (laughs) tear up some German cake. Is it called? No, what is it? German chocolate. Just because of the coconut in it. I love coconut in everything. (laughs) My My first cocktail was a pina colada. And so that's oh, okay. Yeah, that's still like one of my favorite things to make, even if it's like, um, even if it's like a flavored colada. Like if it's not just the coconut, I like having the coconut rum in anything that I make. If I do choose to have a a drink, <laughs> I, I love coconut oil. Like cooking with it, I haven't really cooked with coconut oil because it burns too fast for me. Well, I, when I do like eggs, if you ever like fry an egg, you can use coconut oil to start, like as your base. It's really good. Or with chicken, like if you're doing like a chicken on a skillet, in a skillet, like you can use coconut oil in it, and it really gives a good flavor. Yeah. And then I use Tabitha Brown. I use a lot of her seasonings, and there's one that she has that is so good. I love her. I love her a lot. I I'm love gonna her be, too. She's gonna be my friend one day. Mark my words. We're going to put it out there, right? <laughs> Tabitha, if you're listening to this, Lizzie wants to be your friend. We're going to make it work. <laughs> so we have mutual friends. So I'm just literally one person away from her. Man. And you can tell Mary when you see her, I love her. So just pass that message on for me because I think she is amazing. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right, so Lizzie, before we end, I wanted to ask you a few more things. And so I'm going to, the first one, which I thought would be really good for people to kind of learn more about you. Do you mind telling us if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Lizzie? Don't be afraid to speak up. Do not be afraid to speak up. Um, You're not going to get in trouble. You're not... (laughs) you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be disowned for your truth, you know. Um, That's what I would tell younger Elizabeth. I love that. And I feel like someone needs to hear that. And that's a message that hopefully will resonate with someone today. You know, it's okay to speak up. It's okay to tell your truth. It's okay to speak the truth and believe your truth. Because sometimes you can say things and not even believe your own truth because of you know the ridicule the challenges you may face but i I love that you said that yes speak it say it receive it accept it i think it's important absolutely now lizzie if you could choose a word to describe the year 2023 so far what word would you choose oh i like that one why did you choose discovery yeah because I'm, I'm, I'm discovering my strength in, in I'm, I'm, ex- I'm also, I'm discovering my power. And I think if Lizzie wasn't afraid to speak up back then, I think I would have been a lot further, but I know everything is, you know, a life lesson. 
Um, but I do know that some of, although I, for the most part, my childhood was safe, but when it wasn't safe, I should have spoke up. And I, I love that you say that because I think that's going to help so many, as I said earlier, people find their voice. And I think finding their voice in the challenges we face, you know, it helps us to to gain a different perspective as adults. And unfortunately, there's so many kids and even there's so many older adults that will never share a lot of things they've gone through because of, you know, cultural differences or um, ageism, or racism, or depression, or anxiety. There's so many different factors that can play into why things are not shared or not experienced in the way that is the most therapeutic or healthy. But I think the great thing is, like you said, you could even use music as an outlet, which many artists have done um, to share their experience, writing it, journaling, praying for some people, meditating, you know, whatever it takes to get it out, just speak it out, I think is, is, is such a huge component. Absolutely. It is, you know, and, and it takes, it takes courage, you know, and I think you have to find that within yourself. I think trying to look for validation outside of you is still, you still don't fully accept yourself because if you're not in a place to just be okay with who God has called you to be, trying to find it outside of yourself is, is just not going to be enough, you know? Trying to find validation outside of you is, no, you have to be okay with you. You have to validate you first. Yes. See, Liz, this is your call, and this is right. This is it right here. I do believe, and I've talked to you about it, but I, I do feel like you being able to motivate and share your experiences with so many people, I could see you really working well with teenagers, with you know, young adults, and helping to mentor and share their stories and you being almost like a narrator of their story through your experiences and helping to change and shift lives. You, that's why you've been given this platform yeah. in music, not only to be successful in what you're going to be as an artist, but to really inspire people who may have felt that they never could get to, like you said earlier, you never would have dreamed and you'd have been performing with Mary J. Blige and doing a lot of the things you've done but all of this was already set in stone for you. It just took a while for you to see it. Why? And do you know why? Do you know why? I, for also, another layer is the way I looked. I didn't think that the way I looked was accepted. Because I would always be around people in the industry who have stuff to say about people who look like me. And I'm like thinking to myself, like, but I look like her. And I would hear them say stuff about people that I that look like me. And I would just be like, man if they're thinking this about her, there's, there's no way, there's no way that they're, that they're not thinking about thinking that about me. And so I, I have always related to um, other people that look like me and just wanting to inspire those, those, those people, because it's not just teenagers too. I also, I, I just have a heart for people. And I, ha- and I think that's why that's really what motivated me to start my healing journey because I'm like, man, if if I can help one person, if I can plant a seed of hope in one person, hopefully they can go and plant a seed in another. And that's how things can spread. That's how, I mean, we see rumors spread in two seconds. So if we can do the same thing, but 
with positivity and and just light, we can be so much more impactful. And we're we're greater together than separated than divided. And I, I just have I, one day I will write a book because it's it's been a desire of mine because I do have something to to share with the world, not just because of my opportunities and stuff, but just my experiences too that have really driven me to um do the things that I've done. And I, I just I just want to be the hope for another. So it starts with me. It, it does. You, you're right. It starts with us and it gives us the, the opportunity to help to find ourselves even in those challenges. And I, I'm, I'm very proud of you, Lizzie. Like, this has been such a pleasure having you on the show. So before we end, because um, we're only ending here, you guys, we're going to still keep in contact outside of the show. But, but I do want, Lizzie, if you don't mind telling our listeners, where can they find you online if they would like to follow you? And do you mind sharing if there's anything new that you have coming up that people can look out for? Well, um, my, um, so on Facebook, I am Elizabeth Comba Odom. That's spelled E-L-I-Z-A-B-E-T-H. Comba, K-O-M-B-A, Odom, O-D-O-M. Um, hmm. Let me see. What else? Instagram is the same thing. Um, Elizabeth Comba Odom. And my handle is, uh, Lizzie K, spelled L-I-Z-Z-Y-K-O-M-B-A-1 on Instagram. Um, sorry, like I'm like having small brain farts, but. <laughs> uh, and then um, I'm working on my solo project. I wasn't really trying to announce that, but that is something that I'm working on. So prayer for me, guys, because, you know, just the whole, we're still in the beginning stages of it. It's been you know, a long time coming and just, you know, I'm betting on myself, you know, I'm like, why not? I have something to say. I have something that I want to not just share, but I, I, I really, really find joy in helping people. So find themselves. So. Well, I'm excited yeah. for you. I, you know, I'm going to be one of the first people to support when the, the record's out. I'm going to be sharing it, listening to it, replaying it. I just want you to do great things. I appreciate that. I really, really do. And thank you for reaching out. Anytime. And I would love to have you and your husband back in the future. So we'll definitely schedule something for sure. Absolutely. Love that. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Lizzie. And let's remember you guys. (laughs) Thank you. Let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. All right. So Lizzie, um, if you want to make sure that you just kind of keep pushing forward, sharing your dream, your purpose with others. Um, definitely reach out to me if you have any questions on anything that I can help with. Like I told you, I'm always here um, to be a good listening ear. And I just want to be able to support you in whatever you're doing moving forward. Thank you. I appreciate you. And same, I'm here always. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll talk with you soon. You have a great rest of your day. You All too, right. love. Bye.